friends. Welcome to episode 124 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here today. I have a great show for you. I have my friend with me, Shannon Popkin, and we are talking about how a fresh perspective on where our stories are headed can encourage you today. And what an amazing conversation. We're treasuring up God's truth and drinking in the overarching story of God in us. We're also talking about Shannon's books, Comparison Girl and Control Girl. And I think we can all relate to those topics. And you won't want to miss the free bonuses she's also offering. But before we get into the show, I want to thank you so much for rating and reviewing Fierce Calling, getting the word out and sharing about it and all of the wonderful encouragement and kind things that you've been saying about the show. We are now reaching 82 countries and counting. So friend, that is all in part due to, of course, God and glory to him, all the glory to him, and also for your efforts in sharing about the show. And thank you so much. And I know what Shannon has to share today is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Shannon Popkin. But first, listen to this word from Access More. want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome my friend, Shannon Popkin. She is a wife, a mom, an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and she is the host of the Live Like It's True podcast. And don't you just love that name of that podcast? Because we need to really live like it's true. And she wrote so many different cool books, but Control Girl and and Comparison Girl really stand out. And I think that those two titles just resonate with all of us right now. And um, and I also read another book that she had written, which was called, I think, Influence. And it was uh, about how sometimes when we are in positions of our calling where God is calling us to do something, oftentimes we hear we have to grow our our platform and reach all these people and that can really become an idol in our life. So that was really encouraging to me. And so I'm just so blessed to have on the show today. Thank you for being on Shannon. It's so great to have you. Oh, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And I just love the heart that you have to share truth with women through your podcast and also through your books because you touch on these felt needs that we all have. And let's face it, we all have struggled with control and comparison. So if you could tell us a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, we'll go ahead and hear more about how God led you into all of this. Sure. Well, um, you know, thinking about control and comparison, 
I think, you know, we, we try to share bits of wisdom with each other that we've collected along the way, but really what I wanted in dealing with those problems in my life was to, um, find answers in God's word. And I think for a long time, God has been cultivating this desire in me to go to his word and find answers for real life. Like how can we live like this story is true? Um, and so, I mean, the places (laughs) where I'm you, your, your question is like, where I'm being, I'm actively um, responding with passion, conviction, and wait, what was the other one? Oh, and compassion. Yes. Um, Well, I mean, I hope that all of the places that I serve. So, I mean, the places that I serve are with my podcast, like you mentioned, live like it's true. Um, As an author writing books, I have two books that I'm working on right now this year. Um, and then, uh, as a speaker. So, I mean, I, all of those places, my hope is to, um, communicate this passion for God's word. Like all, all of the places that I serve, I really want to be focused on God's word. I really want for that to be the main thing that I'm sharing. Cause if I'm just sharing my, my story, my personality, you know, whatever. I mean, we can be friends. I love that. But really what will be most helpful for you, for our listeners is um, for your appetite to be for God's word and that we could open that together and talk about it and ingest it and cherish it and treasure it um, in a way that it reshapes the way that we, that the way that we live and, and uh, you know, that word conviction. Um, I think that is, I, sometimes I ask God, like, could I just please write a book about like joy or <laughs> like <laughs> something sweet, you know, instead of these ugly things like comparison and, you know, control, like those are, those are, uh, hard words to deal with in our hearts. And yet I do feel like God has called me to those, those ways that <clears throat> his word can reshape our thinking and give us, give us the joy as the outcome or give us the security and the hope and the peace. But as we do the work of being uh, retrained by his word in the ways that we think and and act. That is beautiful. And I love how you were talking about kind of leading people, leading women to the word. Like, you know, how we follow Jesus. So we're not saying, you know, in the, in the world we'll hear, you know, f- how many followers do you have or who's following you and, and that kind of thing. And it's really like, well, it's all ultimately because we're the hands and feet of Jesus. So we want to lead you to follow him. And so, I, you know, I love yeah. how you point women to the Bible, but how you make it so palatable for some women who may be intimidated by reading the Bible. Maybe they don't feel like they know enough to do that. And of course, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is there to, to help us to understand the things that we're reading. So when did you get started with teaching the Bible to women and how did, how did that look when God first called you into this kind of ministry? Did you always aspire to that? Yeah. Well, first, let me respond to your thought on um, being intimidated by the Bible, because I think there's some validity in that. You know, I mean, this is the word of God. You know, he's our creator. He is 
incomprehensible to us. And so it would follow that we would be concerned about opening his book. And yet look how he condescended himself. <laughs> like, look how he came, he, he came low. He came, uh, he came low as Jesus, but also in giving us his word in a way that we can receive it. We can ingest it. Like he is so good. Um, and so, I mean, just imagine like if, um, like picture like the president and I'm just making this up on the fly, but <laughs> like the president of another country mm-hmm. who spoke a different language, um, from you, like a very honorable, esteemed person that the whole world kn- knew, um, this person tried to find a way to communicate with you, like tried to learn your language and tried to humble himself to make a way for you to connect. I mean, that's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just brush that off. Well, I mean, God is so much greater than a King. Um, and so he has given us his word and I, I love his word. The more I study it, the more I love it, the more, uh, and I don't understand it all either. I was just reading revelation yesterday and, um, passage that I don't ever remember reading. I can't remember what brought me there, but I was like, oh my goodness. And I thought I had figured out what some of the symbolism meant. Well, then the angel was telling John who's writing this book, like, well, and here's what the symbolism means. And I thought, oh, well, I had it all wrong. (laughs) Thankful the angel cleared that up for us. But um, I mean, it can be very intimidating. So yeah, that's, that's part of my passion. And particularly I, um, I truly love talking about the narrative parts of the Bible, the stories. I think it's real interesting that, um, that God uses story that he chose the Hebrew language and the Hebrew people, um, because their language is really focused on story. They really elevate story. You know, when we want to say, uh, you know, we are Western thinkers. And when we want to communicate something really important, we'll put it in a discourse. Like we'll put it, we'll make an outline, you know, and have our main points. And we might use a story as an illustration Mm -hmm. to support the main thing that we want to say. But um, in the Middle East, they do it the opposite. As I understand, they, they put the most emphasis on story. Mm -hmm. They put the most thought into creating a story um, and they use metaphor. And so I think that's really interesting. And I, I just always want to key in, in on that um, and really emphasize s- the stories in the Bible and the, the Bible as a whole is a story. And so, and I feel like a story is more um, nuanced in that, you know, you don't have to use as many words to communicate as much. You know, if you just think about maybe the parable of the Uh, the prodigal son and all that's communicated in that story about our God, Mm. um, just packaged up in a story, right. Or any of the stories in the Bible, like we just, we can learn so much. So anyway, um, how I got started, I, you know, I was thinking about that Doris, looking back at my, uh, my history, I went to college to be a, a teacher, went to Liberty University, and I studied to be an elementary school teacher. But my favorite um, class in college was literature of the Bible, mm-hmm. which is so telling. I mean, I just loved that class. It just brought life to me. And um, I, I, I can't even remember who the 
professor was. I do remember what my paper was about in my final paper, but um, I remember walking to the dining hall. I'd, I'd walk with this friend of mine and I've lost touch with her. So I don't know what happened in her life, but on the way to the dining hall, almost every day, she would want to stop. There'd be TVs in the, in the lounge and the news would be on. And she would want to stop and watch a little snippet of the news. And I was like, can we just go to dinner? <laughs> it just didn't interest me. But I, I saw it like in her life, there was this calling, like there was this desire and those seeds were just being, you know, fertilized and, and starting to grow in her life. And I can, I can imagine God called her to some sort of civil duty, um, some, something involving government, or I don't know. She just was so drawn to that. She knew so much about, and I don't know if she was a political science major or what, and I, was just drawn to, to this thing that I was studying, this thing about like studying the Bible and the stories and the different narratives or uh, genres. And um, so I think I see the seeds of it all the way back, you know, even as a little girl, mm-hmm. I loved God's word and, but I, you know, God's just been good to open doors and give me teachers that I've enjoyed and um, books that I've loved to read and just kind of stirred up those passions in me. Yeah. I love how you were talking about all of that and how early on you were saying how we might sprinkle in a story to make our points, but in the Western culture, we do that. And then when we hear how they do that in other cultures where the story is the main thing, and it's really, really fascinating to think of that. And also how you were talking about, you know, because that kind of has us to read the word in a little bit different perspective kind of thing. And then looking at it from the perspective of all the different people that were included in that particular scene or story part. But like you said, it's all one big continual story, you know, continuous. And, but thinking about it from the perspective of different people that we would normally think of as supporting actors, you know, like these are the main characters, but that's not true. Right. Shannon. Right. No. And I mean, there's no way if you look at the Bible and all, um, like I just read this book by Nancy Guthrie, um, called, uh, better than Eden. And she takes these themes from Genesis one through three, and she traces them all the way through to revelation. Um, and she goes to the Psalms and to the prophets and to the Jesus stories and to even to the epistles and uh, traces these themes from Genesis. And, uh, I, I just, I, I, that is not possible for all of these authors to have this united coherent theme. This is the work of God. Right. And I love how, like, even, even like people who we, we read their stories in the Bible, like say Abraham and Sarah, well, or the Exodus, you know, these people, their lives are creating a story. Um, there's a, there's a shape, they're part of a bigger story and they don't even know the story yet. It's still to be unveiled. And, and really that's true of us too. Like we're part of a bigger story and and hopefully we know it. We are in the story, whether we recognize it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more that we understand the story, the better we can get our bearings and uh, respond, I think, to difficulty and conflict in a way like just understanding like, okay, we are in the broken part of the story, but there is a resolution coming. And so it helps us to reinterpret what we're experiencing and to, to know where to pin our hopes instead of on this 
day and age, but in the future. Um, so I think, yeah, knowing the story, um, and holding that story in our hearts, like in my podcast, we usually take one of those stories in the Bible where it's just one of these jaw dropping, like what, how in the world that is crazy that that happened. And we look in, you know, at all, like you're saying all the different characters in the scene and all the different components of what happened. And then we, um, and then we, you know, we try to treasure it up because we can take that story with us. Like we can hold on to it. I can, as I've put my head on the pillow at night, I can rehearse that story and remind myself of, of what the truth is and and drink it in one more time and let it reshape. No way. I'm part of this bigger story. Let me not forget like this, this story it's going somewhere. Thank you for listening to this episode. That is part of the spark media network that can now be heard on the edify app. let it reshape. No way. I'm part of this bigger story. Let me not forget like this, this story it's going somewhere it's headed in a direction and it will have a culmination. And so I want to always have that be reframing how I'm, how I'm processing my day or my uh, season that I'm in. Yeah. That is such a great reminder about how, first of all, the different things we read in the word of God are so applicable to our own lives and we can see how it is, but not only for our lives, but that our lives are part of this, like you were saying, bigger plan. And it, it's a great reminder too to kind of get out of ourselves or like that Jenny Allen book, I think it was get out, get out of your head or something. Right. So that we can regroup, refocus on eternal things and, have that right now with the interactions that we have and the divine appointments that we have. And sometimes when we are in seasons where maybe we are doing too much controlling or too much comparison, you know, that we, we block our own view of what God wants to do in our life. So how did, how did those things come about? Because I think did comparison girl come out in 2020 or Mm -hmm. that was a year, wasn't it? Yeah, Um, it was. (laughs) Can, can you tell me what your question was again? Oh, yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, I was just wanting to comment on how, you know, these things that we struggle with, internal mm. struggles or even external struggles with other people or, you know, the, right. the way that we view the world because we are in the world but not of the world. But as we walk in this broken world, there's so many influences coming at us in all different directions. Mm. And so just recognizing what we're struggling with so that we can go to the Lord and go to him in prayer and go to his word and find the solutions there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. And maybe you're asking like my, my, those two books on control and comparison, how those were shaped by the word. Well, my, with control, I mean, as God was opening my eyes that I actually really did have a problem with control. I didn't know it. I didn't see it in myself. Um, I was just seeing it in my marriage and in my parenting. And, um, and I was seeing just some really ugly patterns of anger and anxiety and um, perfectionism. And those are all just the, 
the surface level indicators that we have a deeper struggle with control. Um, you know, we're angry because we're losing, we feel like we're losing control of something and we're anxious because we can't control the future or we're, you know, perfectionism is trying to control it all so that we can produce an outcome. Um, and so right around that time, I listened to a sermon about Genesis um, three sixteen, where, where God is talking about, um, he's giving the consequences to Adam and Eve about what has just happened when they ate this fruit. And he says to Eve, your desire will be for your husband from now on, like you're going to have this unhealthy desire and really it's a desire to control him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized oh my goodness. I think like, this is my problem. (laughs) I think I have inherited this, you know, this consequence that Eve put into play. Like this is part of the curse in my life that I'm trying to control everybody. I'm trying to play God. And so then what I did was I, I went back in, um, those early pages of the Bible. And I thought, well, if I'm a daughter of Eve, Certainly I can go back and retrace, uh, look at the other daughters of Eve and see these patterns of control in their life. Maybe they're control girls too. And maybe I can learn some lessons from them. And sure enough, like every page, there was a different woman who was trying to control something. She was trying to make it all turn out right the way that I do. Um, and so, yeah, that book, I just had so many, so many lessons, about control and surrendering control and getting God's perspective on, uh, control. And then with comparison, I, I remember being, uh, as a, as a young mom, you know, comparing my life with other more like people who seem to be doing important things. Like I remember, um, nursing a baby in a car one time in a parking lot, just had to, you know, pull over a nurse and watching a woman walk into an, uh, an office building in her, you know, heels and cute outfit. And I just thought, man, she's going to go do something important today. And I'm going to go nurse this baby all day. Right. And it just felt like, man, our lives are just so mismatched. And, um, around that time in my life, I remember just being drawn to the statements of Jesus, where he would say the greatest is the servant, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, whoever puts themselves last, they're going to be first in my kingdom. And I was just so drawn to this you know, this kingdom that is upside down. And so comparison girl is really, um, a study of those, those statements that Jesus used to describe his kingdom, those upside down statements of the last will be first, the greatest is the servant, whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. Those, those statements. And then the conversations that they're part of, you know, or the stories that Jesus is telling. It's interesting. If you look at those different stories, he's responding to somebody who's comparing, you know, either the Pharisees think they're better than everybody or the disciples are trying to elbow past one another or the, the sinners feel so inadequate. And Jesus is saying, well, you know what? I get it in this world. It's all about measuring up. It's all about comparing and trying to get ahead of each other. But in my kingdom, it's different. There's a different value system. And so, you know, he's, he's giving them these stories and these teachings to help them reframe their focus. And, and so, yeah, that, that book also a lot of help for me. Like these are sort of my own self-help books as I (laughs) open God's word, like help me Lord. (laughs) And um, I'm just sharing it with my sisters. So yeah, that's been a great, a great joy of mine. Yeah. I love how you said that, that you're, you're discovering these things and you want to share it with your sisters. And so, you know, that's really precious. And, and what a great reminder too, because we do tend to do that with comparison and how even now in the, 
in the age where social media is so prevalent that people are just glued to their phones and, you know, cannot pull away from things and then start, it's really increased, you know, the episodes of depression and Mm, difficulties in looking at what people are portraying their life to be when it, you know, really may not even be that way. But, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking, well, that person's such a step ahead of me, or they're so far ahead, and I thought I'd be there by now, and, and those kind yeah. of things. So I, I love how you were bringing out that in the Bible, how Jesus was sharing, you know, the upside-down kingdom of this is a different measure that is so refreshing. <laughs> mm, that's yeah, so true. Yeah, throughout that uh, book, I used a, a metaphor of a measuring cup, mm. Um And I I said, you know, just picture in your measuring cup are all of your gifts and aptitudes and your talents, your background, you know, your resources, they're all kind of mingled in and your cup is mismatched. It's not exactly like the person's next to you. Mm -hmm. And that's on purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, and God didn't give you your gifts and talents so that you could feel like, well, look, I measure up. That's not why he gave it to us. Like, that's the world's way of looking, you know, like you're saying, we're peering into each other's lives through social media and we're always focused on the lines on the side of the cup. We're always like, you know, how do I, how much does she have and how do I compare? And, yeah. you know, I thought I'd be here by now, but Jesus always focuses on the spout with his life. You know, Jesus, if Jesus had a measuring cup, it'd be, you know, ginormous yeah. and it would be brimming full. But what did he do? He came to our world. Mm-hmm. Philippians two says, uh, he, he did not come with equality, thinking equality was a thing to be grasped. Mm-hmm. You know, he was equal to God, but that's not what he came holding on to. Like you better all treat me like God, you know? Right. No, instead Jesus came as a servant. Uh, Philippians two says he, he emptied himself. He poured his life out. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because he emptied himself, because of his extravagant humility, God has given him the name that is above all names. Mm-hmm. Like it's on the very top of the list, Jesus as a list of greatness. And so that's, that's our, uh, call too. like, mm-hmm. if we want to be great and use what is in our measuring cup to be great, well, instead of measuring against each other, like, what if we looked for ways to pour our lives out? What if we looked for ways, like I can tip my measuring cup. And I can empty myself in, into your life and um, use what I've been given to bless you, to encourage you, uh, to stir your, your faith up. Like that's why our gifts were given to us. And we, have, we all have unique gifts. So, you know, I can pour into you, you can pour into me. And the beautiful thing about that metaphor is if you, if you picture that little glass measuring cup, you know, that Pyrex measuring cup mm-hmm. with the lines on the side and, and you picture it tipped to be pouring. Yeah. Well, the lines don't matter anymore. Yeah. They're, they're irrelevant. So if you want to be free, like if you want to go onto social media and be free of comparing, mm-hmm. go on with the mindset of, okay, what do I have to serve? How, how can I encourage? How can I share what I've been given? How can I offer some, um, some insight or some, you know, just some truth here in this dark world. How can I encourage somebody, lift them up? Well, then you're free, you know, cause you've come to pour yourself out, not to measure. Yeah. I love that metaphor of the measuring cup because we can all relate to it. We all have a measuring cup. And then yep. it just kind of made me think about how, if we're using a measuring cup, it's for a purpose. And if we never pour anything out, you know, that recipe is not <laughs> going to get done. 
And it's then, true. <laughs> and I've had some measuring cups where I've had them for so long, the lines have worn off. Mm, and I think yep. as things, as we get more and more seasoned and sanctified day by day and grow in our walk with Christ and, and, you know, with others that those lines, like you say, they don't matter anymore. We're not measuring against something else. And then I think too, we com- tend to compare ourselves, like say we sometimes battle with the scale, you know, that's another measure mm-hmm. that we battle with. And then, yeah. you know, think instead of thinking, well, I used to be this weight and now I'm this weight. We mm-hmm. could think, well, I used to be, you know, this girl, but now I've been transformed and, and compare yeah. our old self to our new self because we're actually new creations. And yeah. so that's so precious. And I, lo- I love how you just bring it down, not to a low level where like anybody can understand, but a level where we can all relate to. It's relatable yeah. and your take on social media, how we can be the difference in what people are seeing when we post encouraging words or being real about what we're struggling with or like we don't have to splat everything out because sometimes we okay there's a little bit of tmi going on online but if we can be just real about things and um you know so oftentimes people say you know there's something going on i really could use some prayer social media has a lot of good things when we use it for god's glory and for speaking truth into lives of the of the other people that we, you know, are, are called to serve. So very, Mm. very great points that you made about that and reminders. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, well, two things that you said, I love, you know, you talked about comparing ourselves with ourselves, Mm. right. And I love that, that you said, like, I, I have a friend who once, um, you know, we, we were dieting together, keeping each other accountable and, um, and she said, you know what? I'm at a higher weight than I've ever been, but I like me better today than I was 10 years ago. I am free from all of these things that, you know, I was obsessing over trying to like lose weight constantly. I was so obsessed with my appearance and I was just like me better. God is doing something so beautiful in me. And so I, I just, you know, wanted to put an exclamation point on what you said there. Um, and yeah. And like, if we're I don't know. There is something about trying to outdo each other in our, the messiness of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, that's not always helpful. Like that's not the sort of pouring out that encourages, I think like, as we ask, um, am, am I, am I trying to point others to Jesus and to live in the way that he called us to? Mm-hmm. Um, cause if we're just getting more comfortable with our sin, like that's not, uh, that's not equipping. That's not encouraging in the way that, you know, that is helpful. Um, so I think if we can share, um, like I try to, I always try to be vulnerable when I, uh, teach Mm -hmm. and I do want to open the doors of my life and just say, look, like I am, please do not put me on a pedestal by any means. I am, um, just as flawed as you and we're all growing together. Um, but I just want to say like, well, I'll go first. Like, let's be real. Let's be vulnerable, but let's head in a different direction. You know, like that's really the point of vulnerability, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I love that. And totally agree with that because oftentimes people or, and I know I might've been guilty of this myself too, but leave it in the wrong place. Like we stop at the broken part, but we need to continue on to share, but this is how the Lord help me through it. 
Like this is, this is what he says. This is what his promises are and his promises are true. You know, and so that is what you were just saying that we can be vulnerable, but not to the point of, you know, woe is me and misery loves company kind of thing. Right. Right. Well, and I think, you know, just calling into mind that bigger story, like we were talking about the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We live in the broken part. Yeah, we do. Um, And, and so that can, we are a hot mess, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, a result of what happened in Genesis with Adam and Eve eating the fruit. Mm-hmm. We're disobedient just like them. And, but this story is headed somewhere. So we don't want to just say, well, yeah, I'm a hot mess. You're a hot mess. Ha ha. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, this story is headed somewhere. It's headed to a new creation, mm-hmm. a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And that new creation has begun in you and you and me, like on the inside, we are being recreated right now, Mm -hmm. um, in a way that will last into Mm -hmm. eternity. And so like this new life that has sprung up, this will last. Um, and so, uh, we, you know, we don't want to, we want our lives to reflect that story arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can look back and see why, why, and we can, admit our brokenness, but our lives need to be headed in that same direction as the overarching story. Yeah. That is so good right there. Such a, a bunch of golden nuggets <laughs> all bundled together in a treasure there. So, uh, yeah, just a great reminder. And I know that someone listening today is going to be so encouraged by that and thinking about, you know, God, God chose us to be here. I mean, we were we were always meant to be here. We were chosen. He loves us. Nobody is a mistake. Nobody is not worthy because God we're we're only worthy because God makes us that way and you know, we're mm-hmm. only righteous because of Jesus. You know, it's yes. not by our own doing and and so uh to think about it on a on a larger scale as we're talking about measuring perspective or kingdom perspective and knowing that well, if I'm breathing today, something else is going to happen that I need to be awakened to and, you know, like just be in tune to what God is calling me to and mm-hmm. being in his word. And, and, I, and I love that. So when you are now working on some, some other projects, I know you probably can't share a whole lot about it, but is there a, a new direction or theme that you're being called to share about? Well, um, you know, if you ask me like who I've just been honing and trying to figure out like, Lord, how have you made me unique and and what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And, you know, in my, in my book comparison girl, it kind of relates to something you just said. Um, you know, you talked about this sense of unworthiness and, um, and just, you know, who am I to, to do these things? And sometimes I have those those thoughts or those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I stumble over my words or I, my, I did, I wasn't able to communicate my thought clearly. And I, or I wrestle every word to the page. I think like it's surely it's easier for somebody else, Lord, <laughs> you know, like surely you have somebody else who could do this work. Yeah. Um, but when I was, you know, when I was working on that book, uh, comparison girl, I really was intrigued by the Pharisees. Mm. Those ones who thought, um, that they were superior and Jesus had the harshest words for them. Mm. Right. And some of us who have been around the church the longest, we get really comfortable with judging others and with, um, you know, with 
this sense that, uh, that they have sinned and, you know, forgetting that we too, and, and forgetting that our pride in that moment of condescension, mm-hmm. like that pride is the sin that Jesus is the most, uh, strategic in pointing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like that, so that I do feel like has shaped my calling, mm-hmm. um, just being around growing up in church my whole life and always loving God's word. I mean, I have been in a lot of Bible studies, Doris, <laughs> like that is the place that I feel uh-huh. most comfortable. I have hosted Bible studies. I have taught Bible studies. I have um, written Bible studies. And, um, and so that's kind of the world I, I, the circles I run in and I feel like Bible study people though, you know, us good Bible study girls, like we can really miss the point, um, of the truth and, and really miss out on the conviction that God has for us too. And so, um, so yeah, I think in all of my projects, like that really is shaping my goals is, um, helping those who maybe have some familiarity Mm -hmm. with God's word, looking at it with like, well, okay, but where is it that I need to live? Like this is true. Um, how, how is it that I am living according to this false narrative? I would say that I believe the Bible and yet I am living in this contrary way. My life does not align with the truth of God's word. So, and, um, so in, in specifically, uh, I am continuing with my podcast. I just, uh, we were chatting before we got on, I'm coming up on one year in, in September, I'll be one year in and, um, and I'm just batching it in seasons. And so I, I don't podcast all the time. Cause often I'll be on the road speaking or working on a writing project, but, um, I, so I'm working on a new series, uh, on the true story of the beginning, the Genesis story, Genesis one through three. And, um, man, there's just so much there. So I'm really enjoying that. And I'm also writing a Bible study on the life of Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, Genesis 12 through 21. That will be with our daily bread, mm-hmm. um, coming out next summer, uh, 20 or no, I'm sorry, 2024. I know. What year is it? I think we lost I track a few years <laughs> totally. with that, with that exactly. one year that happened a few years yeah. ago. I have, I have a year to write it. So, yeah. it, and then it will, and then it will be. And then also, uh, my friend Lee Neenheis and I are writing a teen comparison girl book. So because of some of the things that you mentioned, our teens are really struggling with comparison. Um, so lots of different projects, but really, you know, the same, I think calling in my life to invite women in particular church ladies (laughs) to open God's word with me and, you know, drink in the story, this overarching story, and then turn and live like it's true. Yeah. I mean, man, that is so good too, that you are going to do the teen version because what what would happen if we could get this truth into you know just into the spirits you know of the girls that are coming forward and going to be the the future moms or church you know you know women in women's ministry or you know whatever God calls us to do and to just grasp that early on instead of having to go through and skin our knees a bunch of times. And then you know, it's like, yeah. you know, and then we have, you know, the scars from it, but yeah, I love that. And what you were saying about just drinking it in because it, it just makes it just so desirable and, and really fun actually, mm-hmm. you know, for that yeah. study to, to happen. 
Yeah, that's our hope too for the teen book, like that the girls will be able to drink in the truth because there is an avalanche mm. of uh, false narratives coming at them. Yes. You know, you have to measure up. You have to be the best. You have to outdo everybody. You have to look perfect. You know, you have to perform in all these different ways. And, um, and, and we won't be able to save them all. Mm -hmm. Like we won't be able to avoid all of those skinned knees. Mm -hmm. Our job, I think is just to give them the truth yeah. and give them the option, give them, put that fork in the road and say, you know, which day, or I'm sorry, which way, which way are you going to go with your life? Are you going to cave in to all of the lies, you know, in the world, yeah. or are you going to live like it's true, yeah. live like um, it's true that you don't have to outdo somebody else. All you just have to be faithful with what God has given you just live a life of faithfulness and you will be rewarded. Yeah. Um, and then there's so much freedom in that, but that's true of all of us. Like we all have a fork in the road as we open our Bibles, like, as we respond to the message, like, what are we going to do? Which way will we go? Whom will we serve? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and, and so it's not, it's, you know, we don't, we don't get the easy path yeah. <laughs> with the truth. We just get a new direction and a new option. Yeah. I love that too. Cause I have two granddaughters who are 15, mm -hmm. going to be 16 in December and I can't wait to get my hands on it so that I can, you know, go through oh, it good. with them, you know, yeah. and their mom That'd can and, so I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And I like how you actually said day before you said way, because I think you meant mm -hmm. to say way, but day, it's like, I think that's so important that you said that because which day are you going to, you know, make the decision? Which day am I going to make this decision? Mm -hmm. Why not today? You know? Yeah. I think I was in my mind was that verse, choose this day whom you will serve. Like, yes. you know, Joshua, like who, which, okay, here's the, let's well, a new day. Choose this day yeah. whom you will serve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have today. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, mm -hmm. only God holds the future and we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but today has like, you know, the word says today has its own troubles or whatever, but today yes. is also a day of, you know, and, you know, mercy's, being new every morning and, you know, mm -hmm. just an opportunity to allow God to work in and through us in the kingdom work he has us doing. Mm -hmm. And so I, and I love this conversation so much. And could you share how the listener can connect with you and find out how to get your books and all of that, Shannon? And, and if they're interested in having you even come speak to, you know, in their, at the women's event or retreat. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, I have a site called shannonpopkin.com, just my name. Um, and yeah, there's a speaking page. I'd love to be considered for your next retreat or mm -hmm. conference or event. Um, and Doris, I'd love to give some, do some giveaways. Like I have a bundle for comparison girl and a bundle for control girl. And there's just a whole slew of free, free stuff in there that um, maybe would interest you. So maybe we could put a link to both of those in your show notes. Nice. Yes. I would love that. Just send that to me and I'll add that and I'll be sure to put your link in there to your website so that the listener can connect mm -hmm. with you. And it, and I know that you are, you, you, you sprinkle humor into your talks too, which is cool. <laughs> Cause you, you share funny stories. I think I, I read in somewhere, I don't remember where I read it, but something about, you know, how, when you were in Costco and your, and your little boy oh was my in goodness. the bathroom. Have you read that story? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So That's the only article I ever wrote that went viral. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's a bathroom story. Can you believe that? So yes, yeah. you'll, we'll, we can, we can put a link to that too. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would love that. Funny. It was one of my first things I ever wrote. So. Isn't that fun? It's so fun how God will do that and then bring it up years later. Still viral. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. boy is now 18 years old and, oh man, Does and, and now I'm like, yeah. You know, you used to embarrass me. Well, now I get to embarrass you. <laughs> yeah. All right, mom. Hey, back time. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, well, this has been such a pleasure having you on. It's been so fun and such a delight. And not only that, though, there's been so much richness of, you know, what God had laid on your heart to share and about how much we can fall in love with the word every day. And, you know, and just remember to get back to our first love, which is Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how we can uh, continue in our calling without reframing that calling on a day by day basis in the word of God. Yeah. Like it is our, it is the story that we're part of. And so we can't not be in it yeah. <laughs> to keep our bearings with that story. <laughs> that is good. I'm putting that in the show mm -hmm. notes too, because I like to put my favorite quotes from the show in the show oh, notes. Good. Okay. <laughs> we can't not be in it. I mean, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. So thank you so much, Shannon. And I mm -hmm. hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you, Doris. It was a pleasure and so great to connect with your listeners. Thank you. And we will talk soon, friend. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope this conversation encouraged you as much as it encouraged me. Shannon had so many wonderful nuggets of God's truth, golden nuggets that she uncovered for us today. And when we're talking about the story that we're part of, you know, when she was talking about having a different perspective of the big picture story that we're all a part of, and it can really allow us to focus on what is really true and living like it's true, just like her podcast is called living like live like it's true. And I love the quotes in the show where she said, we're part of a bigger story. We are in the broken part of the story, but there's a resolution coming friend. There's a resolution coming. It is our hope. And while we're here on earth, we still have kingdom work to do. And God has a calling for each one of us. Because every woman of God has a fierce calling, right? And I love how Shannon said, in Jesus' kingdom, it's different. There's a different value system. And that this story is headed somewhere. It's headed to a new creation. And friend, that is so, so encouraging. So it, life can get really hard. And just think of it from that perspective. And know that you have been called. You have been chosen. And you are part. And I am part of the overarching story of God in us. And friend, I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.